0: He's worthy of our praise. Whether it be 2, 3, or 30, or 300 in this room, we've come to give Him glory, honor, and praise. Amen? Amen. He's worthy of it. Church, I'm excited to be here with you. It's a joy to be in the house of the Lord. I know many are on vacation, many are traveling. We have plenty that are watching online right now. Hey, it's good to see you. I'm glad that you're taking a vacation. Can't wait for mine. Pray for me. I'm totally joking. I am um, excited to be in the house of the Lord. It's always a good time to be here with you. If you're a guest, welcome. Um, We're just a bunch of hooligans here that are trying to serve the Lord. Um. If you don't know me, my name's Austin. I get the privilege to be the lead pastor here. I serve alongside some of the best I've ever uh, had the privilege to work with. And I'll tell you, God's been good. Uh, God is all the time, time, every step of the way. uh, And I trust and believe that He'll continue. We have some exciting news to share with you after the service today, so stick around. Don't bolt after giving. we we'll got some really exciting stuff to share. God's been so, so good. Today I want to talk about from pain to power. I want to talk about from pain to power. And, and I pray that this message gives you new perspective and, and hopefully gives you some oomph for the next few steps uh, that lay ahead in your path. Can I pray? God, we love you. We thank you so much for your grace and your mercy, God. We thank you for what you're doing here at Overcome Church. And, oh, Lord, just with the the sights that you've um, given us, the vision that you've given us, and the the path that you've placed us on, God, I'm just so excited about the future. We have a lot going on this summer, and it's so exciting, but, God, to, to look forward into the next few years, God, I can only... I can only just marvel at your glory, marvel at your grace, marvel at your power here in uh, this place, at Overcome Church and in Berea, here in the upstate, God, as you have planned uh, and promised to reach people through community evangelism and discipleship in and through us here at Overcome Church. And we are just so excited and privileged to be a part of that. God, I pray now as we uh, come before you we come to your word as we seek your face, God. Give us ears to hear and hearts to receive from your word today, God. Help me to preach boldly as I ought to. Give me the words to say. Move my flesh completely out of the way, Lord. Speak now. We're hearing. We're listening. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Today, I want to talk about from pain to power. In essence, uh, what you do when things get tough can either set you back or lead you through. Anybody in here ever experienced any amount of pain, whether it be physical, mental, um, uh, any other ill that you want to attach to it, emotional? Some of you may be walking through a season of pain right now, and it could involve any or all of those things. There's no doubt that we all walk through trials, but it's one thing to experience a trial and it's another thing to experience a season of pain. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about um, going from pain to power and what the Lord will do in those things. How many of you know that your pain will motivate you? Your pain will motivate you to do one of two things, lay down and quit or strap your faith boots on and step forward. I made mention of this earlier, and it's become my mantra ever since I heard it. Motivation isn't how you feel. It's how you think. You say, well, also, I'm just not motivated to do anything these days. I'm not motivated to study the Word of God. Uh, of God. I'm not motivated to pray without ceasing. I'm not motivated to show up on Wednesdays. I'm not motivated to be at the work day. I'm not motivated, I'm not motivated, I'm not motivated. But in reality, you're utilizing that word to express how you feel. But when you come under the understanding that motivation is not how you feel, but rather it's how you think, it changes your perspective. Because when you understand then that, okay, to say I'm not motivated, but really mean that I just don't feel like it, When you come under that understanding that motivation is how you think, it changes the way you think about things. It changes the way you approach things. It changes the way you approach studying the Word of God. It changes the way you approach getting involved at church. It changes the way you approach uh, in your service or in your uh, giving or in um, in your own prayer life, in your own study. When you understand that motivation is not how you feel but it's how you think, It causes you to do a little thinking. That's what I want to talk about today. From pain to power. Turn in your Bibles with me to 1 Samuel chapter 30. Starting in verse 1. There's a lot of verses here, so listen quickly. I promise we'll get out in time for lunch. My friend Stelios asked me to make sure that I tell you that you should go get some of that calabash chicken from the clock. That's neither here nor there. Let's get into the word of the Lord. The Bible says this, Then it happened when David and his men came to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites had made a raid on the Negev, 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 it, you know, it's pronounced here or there, uh, and on Ziglag. And had overthrown Ziglag and burned it with fire, burned it to the ground. And they took captive the women and all who were in it, both small and great, without killing anyone, and carried them off and went their way. And when David and his men came to the city, behold, it was burned with fire. And their wives and their sons had and their daughters had been taken captive. And then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they were uh, without strength. They wept until there was no strength in in them to continue weeping. Now David's two wives have been taken captive. uh, That name in which is hard to pronounce, the Jezreelitis, and Abigail, I can pronounce that one, the widow from Nabal, the Carmelite. Moreover, David was greatly distressed because the people spoke of stoning him. Some versions say that David was in a tough spot. I love that version a little better. David was in a tough spot because the people, or the soldiers that were traveling with him, about 600, were speaking of stoning him. For all the people were embittered, each one because his sons and his daughters Because they had lost their sons or daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Then each one, or then David said to Abathar, the priest, the son of Amalek, please bring me the ephod. So Abathar brought the ephod to David, and David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this band? Shall I overtake them? And he said to him, Pursue. For you will surely overtake them, and you will surely rescue all. So David went, and he and the six hundred men who were with him and came to the brook Basar, where those left behind remained, but David pursued. And he and four hundred men for two hundred who were too exhausted to cross the brook Basar remained behind. Now they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David. And gave him bread, and he ate. And they provided him water to drink. And they gave him a piece of fig cake. I guess that's the fig newton of the day. And two clusters of raisins. And he ate. Then his spirit revived. Another version would say that it strengthened him. It brought him back. It rejuvenated him. This Egyptian that was left for dead out in the wilderness there in the desert. Bible goes on to say, and I'll finish quickly, for he had not eaten bread or drunk water for three days and three nights. And David said to him, To whom do you belong? And where are you from? And he said, I am a young uh, man of Egypt, a servant of an Amal- Amal- Amalekite. Thank you. And my master left me behind when I fell sick three days ago. We made a raid on the Negev and the Cherethites and On that which belongs to Judah. And on the Negev. Negev, Negev of Caleb. Here's the important part of all that. And we burned Ziglag with fire. How interesting. Then David said to him. Will you bring me down to this band? And he said. Swear to me by God. That you will not kill me. Or or deliver me into the hands of my master. And I will bring you down to this band. And when he had brought him down. Behold. They were. "...spread over all the land, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great uh, spoil that they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from the land of Judah. And David slaughtered them from the twilight until the evening of the next day. And not a man of them escaped except four hundred young men who rode on camels and fled. So David recovered all that the Amalekites uh, had taken and rescued his two wives." But nothing of theirs was missing, whether small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything that had been taken for themselves. David brought it all back. Today, like I said, I'm preaching from this idea of from pain to power and really what happens when you change your perspective on what you're experiencing because no doubt a lot of us in this room or maybe watching online has or are experiencing, uh, experienced or experienced it are currently experiencing a season of pain, a season of trial accompanied with pain. Something, whether it be uh, a mental distress, an emotional distress, a physical distress, whatever the case may be, we are surely going through something. Not all of us. Uh, it doesn't have to always be doom and gloom in our life. God uh, gives us a life and a life worth living, a life that is blessed, ab- uh, uh, beyond measure. Um, he gives us peace. He gives us um, a Uh, great joy, but sometimes we find ourselves in hardship and in pain and in struggle. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about how you deal with that pain, because like I said, your pain can motivate you to do one of two things. You can either lay down and quit, or you can strap your boots on and press forward. And here, David had a choice to make. Would he lay down and quit? Be stoned by the Soldiers that wanted to kill him, they blamed it on David. It was his fault that their homeland was burnt to the ground and their wives and children had been taken captive. Could you imagine this? Use your imagination with me for one moment. David and these 600 soldiers, worn out from travel. If you don't know the context, here's the context. They went out a far distance to try and go fight with the Philistines, they were rejected. And so they travel back, and on their travels back to, to home, could you imagine seeing the smoke rising from the distance? Here, are these men, worn out and tired from the travel, expecting a warm welcome from home. Maybe sustenance that they needed so, so badly from the travels, maybe uh, the loving touch of their wife and children. Maybe uh, the morale boost of just being in familiar area. Instead, they walk upon a burnt down pile of rubble that once was home and housed their wife and children. Could you imagine the countenance of these men? Pain. Could you imagine coming home from work one day, your children supposed to be at the house, and they're gone, and you have no clue where they've been? Or where they they've been taken? Could you imagine that feeling? Could you imagine that sense of urgency amongst this sense of pain, amongst this sense of um, uh, like discombobulation? So all these emotions and all these feelings are running rampant amongst David and these men. And here they they walk up on this town. They see this. They're witnessing this. They're they're um, they're. You know, experiencing this whole thing. And one verse here that I read probably... Two months ago, that I have not been able. I wasn't even going to preach this. I wasn't even going to give it the time of day. I was going to utilize this verse as a word from the Lord directly for Austin Kaiser and family, and I was going to devotionally just meditate on this word. But as soon as I gave it any more thought than intent, uh, than I intentionally wanted to, the Lord spoke and said, "You gotta preach this. You gotta preach this because somebody is either in this room or watching online." Or or will in some way, fashion, or form uh, come into contact with this message and needs to hear this. This is what shook me two months ago and that has not been able to leave my thought process through anything and everything, no matter what it is that I've been thinking about, no matter what it is that I've been speaking about or or doing. It's verse 6. Moreover, David was in a tough spot because the people spoke of stoning him. For all the people, uh, all the people were embittered, each one because of his sons and his daughters. Here it is, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. He strengthened himself in the Lord his God. The one thing that I the first thing that I want you to notice from all of this is the grit, the grit of David. When all was lost, literally, all is lost. All had been burnt to the ground. His countenance already low because of the rejection of the Philistines and because of the long travels and the expectations placed on him by these 600 men that are following him that followed him out there to go fight a battle that wasn't even theirs. Could you imagine, as the leader there, as as David approaches this, all of us, would have been subject to just lay down and quit. At least I know for my sake, myself, it would be easy to lay down and quit. But David had grit. What is grit? It's the substance of perseverance. What is perseverance? I looked this thing up in the dictionary. I pulled, uh, you know, the the webster's dictionary up on the ipad here said what is perseverance and the 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 ipad came back said perseverance is persistence in doing something despite the difficulty or delay in achieving success so in other words no matter how difficult it is no matter how hard the situation may seem no matter the setbacks or no matter how far away the achieving of success may be at the moment Perseverance is the ability to put your faith boots on, tie them tight, and walk forward anyway. And unfortunately, that's not the common theme amongst Christians. I'll tell you why I make a bold statement like that: is because I get on the phone with Christians every day. They're saying, pray for me, pastor. I'm going through this. I'm going through that, and it's been beating me up for a long time. Or I'm, I just can't shake this. Or seems like this is, you know, the Lord's not uh, doing this for me. Or, you know, all these hardships, all this pain, all this struggle. And and a lot of these struggles, not that I'm insensitive to anyone's struggles or pain that they may be experiencing, but a lot of these struggles and pain uh, can be eliminated by a perspective shift. It can be eliminated by the way you think, by the way you uh, motivate yourself, where you find your motivation. Instead of labeling how you feel as motivation, look at your motivation by how you think. And here David did just that. David strengthened himself in the Lord. He had the opportunity to just lay down and quit. Stone me. Take me out. My wife and kids are gone. My wives and kids are gone. I have no... If he had kids, um, which I don't think he did. But anyway, uh, the whole town is gone. The whole town is gone. Just stone me and get it over with. Get me out of here. Lay down and quit. Instead, he chose to strengthen himself in the Lord. I wonder how many Christians are in this room today going through a season of pain or battling something that they could have just been strengthening themselves in the Lord. Instead, you're looking here, there, and everywhere uh, for a different remedy when the Lord is right here. There are people all over the place that would rather uh, reach towards a substance than pray to the Lord. There are people that will reach towards a relationship uh, rather than praying to the Lord or getting on their knees. Don't be caught up in a battle or overcome by the enemy and and, and just be in this this state of pain. Don't be overcome by the enemy and not be praying to the Lord is what I'm trying to say. There's too many Christians today that will uh, just deal with it. There's too many Christians today that uh, don't have grit, don't have the ability to persevere, don't have the ability to be persistent in doing something despite the difficulty or delay in achieving success. We are in such an instantaneous culture today that if we try something and it doesn't work out, if we give God a shout, if we pray to the Lord and He doesn't answer with the one, the answer that we want, or uh, if He doesn't answer in a timely manner, at least in our time frame, we give up on God we turn away and say well God has never answered a prayer but you've only prayed one prayer and you never gave him time to work it out in his timing I don't know who this is for but what I'm saying is Christian you need some grit in 2023 because 2023 is coming at your neck have you not seen the wiles of the enemy? Have you not noticed the culture around us? It's time for Christians to get some grit because instead of laying down and giving up, we need to strap some faith boots on and get to walking for the Lord. I know it's hard, Christian. I know it's tough. I know it's painful. I know my my mental, uh, my, my state of mind right now maybe isn't the best or maybe my physicality isn't the best right now. But boy, I can pray to the Lord. I can seek the Lord's uh, face. I can strengthen myself in the Lord. Look, church, David strengthened himself in the Lord. Sorry, I went on about three tangents on that one point there. But David chose with remembrance of what the Lord had already done to not be overcome by what his circumstances presented to him, but to overcome his circumstances by what the Lord had promised him. Do you hear that? At the bottom of one of the lowest points in David's life. What he would choose to do here would truly make or break him. And I wonder if there's any Christians listening to this message today. Under the sound of God's word today. That are experiencing a crossroads uh, like this. But here's the plot twist. Here's the paradigm shift. David had grit. He strengthened himself in the Lord. What changed the outcome of David's lowest moment? It was grit. It was perseverance. It was the determination to press forward and move on. When all seemed lost, when the room was about empty, he preached anyway. The leadership team met anyway. When the cabinets were running dry, she went to work that third shift anyway. She worked two and maybe sometimes three jobs anyway. When the dad ran out on her, she took care of those babies anyway. You get what I'm saying? It's the persistence, it's the moving forward and not just laying down and quitting. That's what changed David's lowest moment from pain to power. It was the grit, it was the perseverance, it was the determination to press on, move forward. Uh, and, 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 and the way David did this is the focal point of today's message. His strength came from the Lord grit is something that some people just have and other people just got to dig harder for. Some people are more stoic in their personality. Able to just roll with it. Able to just take the punches and trust the Lord. Other people have to dig deep for the grit. But it's achievable for all of us. The ability to To trust the Lord above all things. To trust the Lord in times of weakness. To trust the Lord in times of sorrow. Now I know that this case here with David is um, probably to the highest extreme, but it it covers plenty of ground for you and I today. You may not be struggling in the way that maybe David was struggling then and there, but uh, your struggle is still struggle. And your pain is still pain. And the bottom line is God still cares. He cares about your pain. He cares about your struggle. He cares about your weaknesses. He cares about what ails you, what hurts you. That's why the word of God says cast your cares on him because he cares for you. The Bible says this in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4, his famous section of uh, verses here, 7 through 9. It says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not of ourselves. We are afflicted in every way, but never crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're struck down, but not destroyed. This is what the Lord gives you. This is the grit that God places inside of you. It's the Holy Spirit's power to move you forward when everything else wants to hold you back. It's the Holy Spirit's power. David strengthened himself in the Lord. How did David strengthen himself? Well, first, he sought the Lord. He sought the Lord. He looked towards the Lord. He sought the Lord. And guess what? The Lord answered him. The Bible says in verses 7 through 8 of 1 Samuel 30, Then David said to Abathar the priest, the son of Amalek, Please bring me the ephod. So uh, Abathar brought the ephod to David, and David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this band, or shall I overtake them? And he said to him, Pursue, for you will surely overtake them, and you will surely rescue all. David pursued the Lord. He sought the Lord. How many of us have found ourselves in a moment of pain or in a moment of trial, and instead of first seeking the Lord, we'll seek something else? We'll make ten phone calls or seek a substance. We'll go online or we'll get involved with something we don't need to. Or maybe you're not that drastic. Maybe you just lack a prayer life and you don't seek the Lord uh, through the pain that you're experiencing. I've been guilty of that before. To be lazy in prayer. To not seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Here David sought the Lord. In the most painful moment of David's life, for sure, as he was wrestling with um, leadership failure, um, uh, 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 family failure, uh, all the failures that he could be experiencing in this moment, he sought the Lord, and what happened? He answered him. David sought the Lord, and he answered him. Now, one thing I want to look at and and make mention of, talk through really quickly, is the ephod, because I thought this this was very interesting as I looked through it. The ephod is a garment that was worn by the priest to um, sacrifice and. ...and get into the presence of the Lord for people in that day. Uh, We did not have our great high priest Jesus... ...who had sacrificed once and for all for all humankind yet. And so here they were still practicing sacrifice... uh, ...religious and sacramental sacrifice uh, to the Lord. And the priest would wear this garment called the ephod... and, and, ...and they would use it to enter into the presence of God. Now, here's the interesting thing. In the breastplate of the ephod were two stones... ...and these two stones were called the urim... And the thummim. And if you, look, um, if you look up what the Urim and the thummim is, I know it's weird pronunciation there, but it's Urim and thummim. Um, it's two stones. And if you look up what the two stones were that were in the, the breastplate of the ephod, it will blow you away. The two stones that were in the breastplate of the ephod represented two things they represented light and truth. The two stones that represented light and truth which were found in the breastplate of the ephod which David required uh, to seek the Lord. He asked the priest, hey, can you bring me the ephod so that I can put it on and seek the Lord's face with the two stones that are in the breastplate of this ephod that, that, um, that represent light and truth. This is so interesting to me because... In Psalm 34, verse 4, when David exclaims, I sought the Lord, and He answered me, and He delivered me from all my fears. And I notice what the ephod is, and what the Urim and the Thummim represent. When you ask the question, how David strengthened himself in the Lord, it would be easy to answer that question with this answer. David strengthened himself in the Lord by getting into the Lord's presence and getting into the word of the Lord. Or in other words, recalling the promises or what thus saith the Lord God before. Let me make it make sense. David put on the ephod, pulled out the two stones, surely, and recalled the word of the Lord. And it was light and truth. Christian, if you're ever experiencing a season of pain, or if you're ever experiencing a time of hardship, it would behoove of you to seek the Lord's face in prayer and through the reading of His Word. If you want to know what the Lord has to say about your situation, uh, I'll take this statement from one of my favorite uh, teammates on the team here. There's a verse for that. If you're finding yourself in a moment of hardship and pain, if you're finding in your, uh, in your uh, countenance a time of confusion or uh, the inability to understand what's next or how to go forward, there's a verse for that. Get into the word of the Lord and seek His face. And I promise you, He will answer. David exclaimed it proudly from Psalm chapter 34 as he says, I sought the Lord and He answered me. Some of you haven't heard a word from the Lord in a while, but you haven't prayed a word to Him in a while. I sought the Lord and He answered me. You know what that means? It means a lot more than just, Lord, please bless this situation And if you can, you know, do something about it. Amen. No! You want to know how people prayed in the Bible? You should pray like people prayed in the Bible. You know how they prayed? They prayed with the authority of the Holy Spirit that was placed in them. Not Lord if you can if it be your will no Lord by the power of your Holy Spirit make straight my steps further and prosper my words for your glory and for your name's sake God as I face this trial I know that you are with me and Lord if you are with me nothing can conquer me because I walk in your power and not in my own power in the mighty name of Jesus I proclaim this over my situation when you pray things like that the Lord answers in real big ways because he's not slack concerning his promises The Bible says. Christian, we need some grit. We got to get some grit. I'll get off the tangent there. Secondly, we see grace, we see God's grace. We notice. The grit of David to pull his faith boots up and, and and press forward into the presence of the Lord, to press forward into into um, seeking the Lord. And the Lord speaks to David and he answers him because David is so bold to come boldly before the throne of grace to find help in his time of need, as the Bible promises we can do anyway. Um, David does this and he, he has this grit to just not be overcome by his circumstance, but show his circumstance what God has promised. And, and then here you see the answer of God being the grace of God look at the Bible first Samuel chapter 30 verse 11 now they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him back to David and gave him bread, and he ate, and they provided him water to drink, and they gave him a piece of fig cake, or a fig newton, if you will, um, and two clusters of raisins, and he ate. And then his spirit revived, and he had not eaten bread or or drank water for three days and three nights. And so David said to him, to whom do you belong, or where do you come from? And he said, I'm a young man of Egypt, a servant of uh, an Amalekite, uh, and my master left me here when I fell sick about three days ago. And we made a raid on the Negev and the Cherethites and and on that which belongs to Judah and the Negev and Caleb, uh, of Caleb. And we burned Ziglag with fire. And, and David's light bulb went off. He was like, whoa, that's you're who I'm looking for. Uh, and then David said to him, will you bring me to this band? Will you bring me to your master who deserted you? You have no reason to stay faithful to him. So bring me to him. We fed you. We've kept you. We're going to make you well here. Um, his spirit was then revived. And so David capitalizes on this this opportunity, he says, will you bring me down to this band? And he said, swear to, me that, uh, swear to me by God that you will not kill me or deliver me into the hands of my master and I will bring you down to this band. Okay, I had to read that all quick because I've already taken up enough time here. I hope you're okay. Is everybody okay? Five more minutes? Alright. You see God's grace in his answer here. David sought the Lord and God answered. And what did God say? He said, surely pursue them and you will you will get back everything that you've lost. That was the promise of God. That's what God promised him. And so David goes on his way, and he runs into, ironically, somebody who was at the scene of the crime. Isn't it crazy how God works? Isn't it wild, his timing and his placement? For David, maybe at one point, God would have seemed a little late. And maybe for you in this season, God is seemingly late. But let me let you know, Christian, whether you're online or driving down the road, going to the beach, which I'm jealous you didn't invite me, or if you're sitting in this room today, uh, God may seemingly be late to you, but I want you to know, Christian, no, he's always on time. It's just on his time. Here David runs into the very person that I believe God orchestrated to be there in order to give him enough information to get to where he needed to go. I want to talk about the hope of rejection for a second because the context here is extraordinary. Not only through God's timing does David connect with this Egyptian, which will then lead them straight to the Amalekites, but the only reason David ever found his, uh, uh, his way back home or uh, or ever even knew about Home being destroyed was God's providence. His timing, right? The only reason David ever found out about what the Amalekites did to his city was because God didn't allow David to fight with the Philistines. It's the hope of rejection. This is what I want to make sense of today. God's grace and faithfulness was shown through his no. God's grace and faithfulness was shown through his no. I know it's a hard concept to grab because we don't like to be told no today. I know I don't, but the fact of the matter is when sometimes God will say no. And God's grace here and his faithfulness and his mercy was found in his no, when God says no, it's because he loves you and he knows what's better for you. Here's a kicker here. If you're going through a season and you sense that God is telling you no, don't turn your back on the Lord. Don't uh, don't quit counting on the Lord just because you've been told no, because that means that there is hope for the future. If God is telling you no in one season, it means he's got a better plan for you for the next season. If God is telling you no, there is a hope for the future. There's hope that God has a plan. There's hope that he's not done with you yet. David sat there uh, as as, um, he would in front of the Philistine army, requesting to go fight this battle with them, requesting to gather them and add them strategically to win some territory. And what happens is God, through the Philistines, says no. And David travels all the way back home at what I think is the proper time, God's timing, to find his city torn down. When God says no, that means there's hope for the future. That God has a plan. That he's not done with you yet. Because God has promised to lead, guide, and direct those who seek his face. But if you're not seeking God's face, don't expect God to lead, guide, and direct you. Not because he won't do it. Not because he's uh, mad at you. Not because he doesn't want to lead, guide, and direct you. It's because you're not looking towards Him. You're not seeking His face. God is faithful. And He's promised to lead God and direct those who seek His face. Tap your neighbor on the shoulder tell them God's not done with you. Sandra and Alyssa don't have neighbors. Pray for them. As David did, so shall we. Recall the promises of the Lord and lean on them. What caused David. To show grit. And strengthen himself in the Lord. The remembrance. Of all that the Lord had already done. I don't want to get on a tangent. But I found myself doing this. This past week. And maybe some of you are like me. I found myself complaining a whole bunch this past week. I found myself Ill. Complaining, aggravated, lashing out on my kids, hollering a lot, mad at the dogs for no reason. The dog's just in my way. And I got to thinking, as I was studying for this message, recapping over the past week, I felt the Holy Spirit just tell me, you are way too blessed to be this stressed. You are way too blessed to be acting like this right and I got to thinking about it's like yeah I got some things I guess I could stress out about I mean reasonable things right little little reasonable excuses a lot of us got a lot of reasonable excuses but man I'm way too blessed to be acting like this way too blessed God has been way too good to me And I think that's what gave David the grit to strengthen himself in the Lord. It was the recall to memory of all that the Lord had already done. So even in his worst moment, the recall to memory of all that the Lord had already done and the fact that he was knowledgeable to the fact that God is and was and will forever be faithful. pushed David straight through. Motivated him. Because motivation's not how you feel. You could be feeling like Hell has fallen over your home. But have the right perspective and mindset, uh, mindset on the promises of God and be motivated to press on. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 1.20, For as many as are the promises of God in Him, they are, yes, therefore also through Him is our, amen. To the glory of God through us. Do you know what that means? As many are the promises of God, in him they are yes. In other words, everything that the Lord has promised is sustained only in him, and they are yes. Here's our part. Therefore, through him is our amen to the glory of God. In other words, that's our only response. His promises are only fulfilled in him, so there's nothing that you can do to mess up his promises that he's already made to you right, they're fulfilled in him, and they're yes. And through the Holy Spirit's power in you, through God's power in you, your response is amen, or what does amen mean? So be it, whatever your will is, Lord. I'm overcome by your will. I'm subject to your will, God. I'm subject to who you are and what you've said over my life. All God's promises, maybe you've heard it in a song, all God's promises are yes and amen. Amen. You can count on that today. I'm closing quickly. This is the meaning of God's grace in the pain. When God doesn't open a door for you and you find out later that if he had, you'd have lost everything you had, yeah. Some of you right now, God's, uh, you've been praying for God to open up a door and he's been slow to it. Trust in God's timing. God's timing is always on point. He does not slack. He does not uh, go late. He's, he's always right on time according to his will. And here David would find that out as we consider the growth. As we consider the growth of David through this whole process and hopefully uh, through the new perspective that you may have after today, after what the Lord is saying and uh, through uh, this uh, this uh, this paradigm shift of understanding what it means to strengthen yourself in the lord as opposed to just laying down at the wake of any distress there was this moment of growth here for david read uh first samuel chapter 30 verse 17 on to 19 it says david slaughtered them from twilight until evening where'd that strength come from i just want to add where'd that strength come from he was dead tired from the from uh not only the trips but um, could you imagine being, anybody ever lost somebody very close to you? They just died. Okay, not to be so blunt, but okay, that was hard enough, right? Could you imagine this? The Bible says they wept so much that they couldn't weep anymore. You ever cried all the tears out that you had? No more tears left? You understand then, cried until there were no more tears to cry. So where did this strength come from that David slaughtered them from the twilight until the evening the next day? Where'd that come from? I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from the mountains? No, my help comes from the Lord. David strengthened himself in the Lord. Do you get what the Lord is saying today? Child of God, if you're going through this moment of pain, if you're going through this trial, even if you're just finding yourself having a hard week and you're aggravated at everything and you're frustrated and complaining too much, child of God, you can strengthen yourself in the Lord and what will happen is you will have a new perspective on whatever it is that you're facing. David experienced a season of growth and as I'm closing here, just listen quickly. Look at what strengthened the Lord, or what strengthened David. It was the Lord. Look at what the strength of the Lord can do. Tired and distressed, David straps on his faith boots, seeks the Lord's guidance, pushes through the pain, fights the good fight, and comes out abundantly victorious. The Bible says, if you continue to read the whole context, the Bible says he comes back with more, he ever, more than he ever had. Nobody ever died from his city. Everybody and everything was restored, full fold. And he came back with a little more than he ever even had. So much so that out of appreciation of the elders, the Israelite community, he started giving gifts to other people. From the spoils that he he got from this abundant, victorious um, experience here. But more than any riches or spoils that David could have ever gotten, from this defeat, um, he gained um, a lesson. See, what you may not know if you've never read this section of the Word of God, if, you, if you're not following the context, what you may not know is David at this moment was in a backslidden position. He was backslidden from the Lord. He had not necessarily been following the will of the Lord for his life and And so with that in mind, for him to come out on the other side of this, as victorious as he did. He learned in that time, and we can learn today, that God is faithful even when we're faithless. God is good, and if he's promised you something, he holds to those promises. If he said it, you can believe it, Bane, you can go ahead and come up. He holds to those promises that he's made. So as you face the trials that you face, as you step into the next season, if God's just been seemingly telling you no in this season, one thing I want you to know is that you should be seeking the Lord. You should be on your knees. You should you should be praying without ceasing. You should be reading the word of God, looking for what thus saith the Lord God as he speaks into your current circumstance. Whatever the case may be, be seeking the Lord. You know what it looks like to seek the Lord? Look for him in every conversation, every place, everything. No matter where you are or what you're doing, look for the hand of the Lord. Seek his face and his word and pray without ceasing. Secondly, child of God, if you've been experiencing a season where you feel like God's been saying no, stay steadfast. Continue in prayer and searching the scriptures, but know that if God is saying no in this season, that means the next season he's got something better for you. Because his promises are yes and amen. Amen? God is good. He is faithful. He does not slack concerning his promises, the Bible says. Child of God, we need grit, grace, and growth in this season. Because I'm going to tell you what. I said it earlier, 2023. And some of you could get on these tangents with me. We'll get in some long conversations. And I love to do it. Some of you would rather me not even speak about it. But I'm going to say this boldly because the Holy Spirit says so. 2023 is coming at your neck. Christian now if you're willing to turn away from the Lord and and uh, and uh, pull old Peter move and and deny the Lord then okay whatever 2023 may not be that bad but look forward through the lenses of the Holy Spirit and through the uh, through what the Lord is saying to you personally do you not see it do you not see uh, the the workings of the enemy how 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 do we go forward how do we Uh, boldly proclaim Christ? How do we boldly lift up a shout of praise in a moment like this in our culture? We have grit. We stay persistent and determined to give God glory. Rain or shine, I'll praise the Lord. Hell or high water, I'll praise the Lord. Sorry to be so bold, but... (laughs) David comes out on the other side. With this lesson, this growth, right? um, Of God's faithfulness. Everything that the enemy took, David took back. God gave him a complete victory because David strengthened himself with the Lord his God. David inquired of the Lord and David did what God told him to do. Showing grit, receiving grace, and experiencing growth. Not sure what you may be going through today, but all this is available for you because God's promises are. Help me out here. Yes and amen. Use this time wisely. Come before the throne of grace to find help in your time of need. Your situation may not be this drastic. Your situation may have never been this drastic, but no matter what it is that you're facing, no matter what it is that you're going through, whether you can forecast a season ahead that seems scary or daunting, or whether you're uh, in the midst of a hard season right now. Seek first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness, and everything in which you stand in need of will be added unto you.